Section three of Stories Without Tears. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Stories Without Tears by Barry Payne. Section three The Marriage of Miranda if we may trust dark and oriental stories the barbaric king had strange ways of disposing of the hand of the lovely princess he would set the three suitors there were always three a difficult problem and the princess went to the man who solved it or he would offer her to the suitor who in the space of a certain moons produced the highest achievement and he never consulted the lovely princess horrible in this christian civilized western country things are far different the lovely daughter no longer goes to the highest achievement but to the highest bid mamma has seen that romance is here today and gone tomorrow but that really steady incomes are steady and the daughter is always consulted at any rate mamma explains to her more intimate friends that she has at last been able to make the dear child see the thing in the right light yes nowadays the race is to the swift unless the betting interferes the case therefore of eugene parslow and his daughter miranda is a little extraordinary for mr parslow showed himself a reactionary to barbaric methods he simply put his foot down and said but we shall come to that in time parslow you fancy somehow that you know that name you must have seen it somewhere and you are quite right you have seen it on the big posters a maiden with a red kerchief and a happy smile plucks large apricots in a glorious garden and underneath is the legend parslow's pure preserves the picture should be taken freely and symbolically in reality the people who work for parslow do not smile much parslow does not leave them much to smile about exceptions must be made in the case of the manager at the factory and of davidson who had nothing to do with the business and was parslow's confidential secretary so good a manager would have been difficult to replace so specially useful a secretary as davidson was too valuable to lose why parslow paid davidson two hundred pounds a year with board and lodging and gave him a fortnight's holiday in the summer and a week at christmas as he sometimes told davidson he could have got a man for half that sum davidson was specially useful because he was something more than a secretary parslow had not always been a man of great wealth he was a self-made man and he knew all about preserves long before he could spell the word parallel he had made enough money to entertain society before he had learned enough to avoid being ridiculous davidson took him in hand tenderly and tactfully he taught him to speak english he taught him even a little hotel french 
and there came one proud day when parslow in the heart of paris commanded hot water in the native tongue and was at once understood davidson it was who taught parslow how to dress himself and how to behave to the butler davidson in fact taught parslow how to live and parslow was very grateful and did not wish it to be mentioned but davidson understood the use of silence davidson was a clean-shaven good-looking man of thirty and had seen more of the world at thirty than parslow had at forty-five but parslow's knowledge of jam had brought him much money and davidson's knowledge of the world with a great university degree as well had brought him no more than his remuneration as already stated as parslow's private secretary the thing that annoyed parslow most was that he could not help feeling a certain amount of respect for davidson and that this respect was liable on certain special occasions to become fear and admiration it was when he was under the influence of this annoyance that he would tell davidson that splendid men could be got for a hundred a year which was unkind or would find fault with davidson's work which was unwise apart from that he trusted davidson more than any other man in the world including the factory manager one morning parslow came into the study where his secretary was already seated with letters in his hand and an expression of great solemnity davidson he said as he dropped into his chair a most extraordinary thing has happened indeed mr parslow it's about miranda now she's young very young bless my soul it seems only the other day she went to her first dance and here he tapped the letters with a fat finger i have by one post received no less than three proposals for her hand addressed to miss parslow no sir no mr davidson they have shown a little more decency than that they have written in the first instance to me as is i believe the correct thing i wish my poor dear wife could have been alive now to have talked it over with me as it is i suppose i must decide for myself in the first instance decision is easy it's a proposal from halliday a decent chap and a good sportsman but mr davidson that's all beside the point the man's a schoolmaster with a beggarly two hundred and fifty a year and hopes to be able to make more why the thing's perfectly frantic i couldn't hear of it for a moment now i want you to type a letter to him telling him not to be silly and saying in a civil way that i forbid him the house and i'll sign it i will write a letter mr parslow but you must copy the whole of it in your own hand why the devil should i what are you there for if it's not to certainly said davidson if you wish to wound the man's feelings and to make yourself ridiculous that's for you to decide what you mean it's not etiquette well have it your own way then you may know more about that than i do my time's been given to more important matters as for the other proposals i should answer them in my own handwriting in any case for and here mr parslow's voice became very impressive 
they are both of them baronets really funny coincidence and the coincidence doesn't end there they are both of the same age and both have about the same means no great amount but with what i shall settle on miranda ample one is sir george firbrook and the other sir andrew tangamere do you by any chance know anything of them yes the coincidence goes further i know both men knew one of them at oxford and have met the other at the club frequently they are both good-looking young fellows and they're gentlemen gentlemen why they're more than that they're baronets haven't i been telling you well now davidson i'm no snob but i confess to a real admiration for old families i should like miranda to marry into an old family the older baronetcy must have the first chance and i want you to dig around and find out which is the older davidson smiled i think i can tell you all about that right away neither is what would be called an old family the first firbrook baronet was a surgeon and the first tangamere baronet was an engineer both were victorian creations and in each case it is the second baronet who addressed you ah mr parslow seemed slightly disappointed then it's not quite so good as i thought however in either case miranda will be her ladyship there's still that i suppose it would be correct of me to speak of her as her ladyship yes if you were speaking to servants i see thank you davidson well, now what is to be done there seems to be no reason why i should pick one of them more than the other miranda's too young to make an unguided choice i don't mean to say that she'd take up with a beggarly schoolmaster like halliday she's too sensible for that but she'll do better under my direction in this matter as she has always been in others only how am i to direct let me think now said davidson he paced slowly to the window and back sat down again and lit a cigarette there is an idea which has probably occurred to you i might draft a letter to your two baronets telling them of the coincidence and frankly facing the situation you can plead that miss parslow is still very young and that a year is not too long to wait it would be more dignified on your part than to ready an acceptance in a year you'd be able to see which was the worthier and better man let them see what they can accomplish in a year and write to you at the end of it parslow brought his hand down on the table excellent i will i had thought of something of this kind it is the best idea i've had for years and in the meantime i shall put it to their honor that they make no attempt to see miranda at all one must have no advantage over the other all i shall say to miranda will be that in a year's time i shall be finding a husband for her if you wouldn't mind davidson you might begin on these letters at once capital idea of mine capital parslow walked over to the window looked out and backed away again well i'm shot he exclaimed there's that idiot halliday walking up and down outside waiting for a chance to see miranda 
davidson you must let him understand that i won't have any nonsense of that kind and i say i shouldn't be too civil you know two hundred and fifty oh tut 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 parslow then put his thumbs in the armholes of his waistcoat and posed as his own statue the two most tactful and neatly phrased letters that our celebrated post office ever carried in one day were the letters to the two baronets in the handwriting of mr parslow and the composition of his secretary their replies were speedy satisfactory and modest very good style indeed said mr parslow as he spread the letters out before him both express a sense that they have been lazy so far and are diffident about their abilities but they feel that they ought to do something in the world and will try their utmost during the ensuing year and above all they address me in a way that i like to be addressed that's all very promising now we can simply put the subject aside for a year when i shall hear from them again and about halliday don't speak to me of him he's simply a cad that is a man who can't take no for an answer here's his letter about six pages of highfalutin rubbish i haven't read half of it and shan't either my servants have got their instructions and if i catch him hanging about in the street here the police will get their instructions as well if i don't take the law and a thick stick into my own hands he puffed considerably he was getting heated but possibly halliday may meet miss parslow at other houses i shall be there too or my sister mrs morby and we shall know what to do it won't be for long anyhow because he'll have to go back to his beastly school now then for a year this subject is entirely closed we'd like you to dine with us tonight can you notwithstanding the closure davidson thought it worth while to mention a few weeks later that he heard at the club that sir andrew had left england and would be away for some time know where he's gone cairo i'm told in the first instance ah that's egypt said mr parslow davidson resisted with success a temptation to observe that he had guessed it right first time parslow added that the work of an explorer or traveller had always commanded his respect on the same day miranda received a long letter from halliday the amorous and wary schoolmaster had typewritten the address on the envelope knowing that his handwriting might betray the letter to her implacable father miranda wrote the reply in the secrecy of her own room and posted it herself and i regret to add never told papa anything about it then the newspapers brought information about sir george Furbrook. parslow read with approbation that sir george would contest west buncombe later came the still more splendid news of his election and how he had said that he regarded it as a triumph not only for himself but for the principles of i forget for the moment what his principles were later still sir george was unseated on a bribery petition and mr parslow observed that one could not be too careful he had a vague idea that davidson was in some way to blame after that for a long time no word was heard of sir george or sir andrew 
until the appointed year was within a fortnight of its conclusion it was a sunny morning and mr parslow was in a sunny humor business was very good and the public appetite for the pure preserves was steadily increasing likewise he had been elected to a club where he might very easily have been rejected and in this matter davidson had been of some use parslow was chatting genially with his secretary when the blow fell the blow came in two envelopes one from new york and the other from london parslow read through the first letter and let it drop from his hands davidson that man sir andrew tangamere has married an american dear me said davidson these american women ought to be prohibited they're too dangerous it is no subject for jesting said parslow as he tore open the second envelope and ran his eye down it i hardly know how to characterize his behavior and good heavens davidson this is from sir george furbrook and he's engaged to the cook at lord hazelwell's place and says that she is a woman much above her station so she is said davidson how do you know i don't know what to say i really don't what are men coming to where is the spirit of chivalry they can't even wait for one year how long was it that rachel waited for lee i don't know you ought to it's in the bible and perhaps you'll tell me where we are now you had your rotten scheme and badgered me into it though i knew it was all wrong what have we got for it i might have had either of these men and now i suppose you'll tell me that i can marry miranda to halliday that schoolmaster that you were always backing up davidson rose from his place and slightly emphasized the fact that he was rather taller than mr parslow he was very erect and by this time very serious if you had married her sir you would have at any rate married her to a man who really loved her and was not fickle so you're still at it like me to write him a letter of invitation it would be of no use he sent some time ago a letter of proposal to miranda and she refused him as kindly as possible she did not tell you because she was afraid you would write a letter which would insult him and do no credit to your own kindly heart for it is kindly enough at bottom and halliday's one crime was poverty i don't ask you to lecture me mr davidson you seem to know everything including people's cooks how do you know this how do you dare to speak of my daughter in that familiar way i know it because miranda told me i speak of her thus because she is my wife i married her a week ago you utter scoundrel he dropped into a chair his fingers played nervously on his chin oh you utter scoundrel davidson smiled charmingly but not bad enough to resent the language of my father-in-law you have taken advantage of your position undoubtedly that is the way one gets on have you not found it so sir you have the position no longer i renounce you altogether neither miranda nor you shall have a penny that is immaterial but your daughter would like to keep your affection and i to keep my high opinion of you 
i can of course no longer be your secretary in any case i have other work to do my uncle has made me a decidedly advantageous offer to assist him in the management of his estates i married on it and who is your uncle lord hazelwell then why the dickens didn't you say so before well sir it didn't happen to occur so sir george firbrook baronet is going to marry my secretary's uncle's cook it would appear so it's a strange world my boy i'm going to speak very seriously to miranda you have neither of you treated me well at the same time when you're face to face with the inevitable when i say you're face to face with the inevitable then it is so but months have since elapsed and at present mr parslow speaks of my old friend hazelwell and calls his son-in-law bill halliday on hearing of the marriage sent a charming letter to miranda together with a copy of byron's works in a binding of intense preciousness certain passages in the poems were marked by him in pencil but as neither bill nor miranda has ever opened the book nor in all probability ever will that does not greatly matter end of section three